Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete, two-year starter, consummate glue guy, and co-host... Ryan! Cam! Two-man monster flush! Off the inbound! Ryan Cam Slam Jam! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Service from the heart to become your Realtors for Real Life is Team Anders Realtors' mission. Team Anders helps its clients find the home that best fits their needs and makes the process simple and fun along the way. Team Anders will be in close communication with you personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. They have served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. That was a great weekend. Nothing but college football wall-to-wall, pretty much from Thursday night, even through last night, although last night's game wasn't the greatest and Sunday I was actually kind of bummed they only had one game although that was way better than Saturday night's marquee game Um, FedEx Cup came to a conclusion some people will argue that Cantlay didn't win the tournament because he shot 11 under and I think now is actually like 14 under but come on Cantlay had the lead rightfully so first place going in holds off John Rahm and what was a great battle loved actually that Cantlay had a bogey on 17 to bringing it, you know, interest into play on 18. I thought we were going to have another playoff. That would have been epic. Uh, baseball, no offense to your races. Is anyone paying attention to you now that college football started and the NFL starts this week on Thursday? I doubt it. As we talked a long time ago on this pod, might be time to readjust your season to move out of football's way. Just saying. Lastly, I got to say this. I probably could do this in my podium. I could do this in a lot of different ways, but... Is there anybody else out there, maybe you got to be my age, but that misses a good Sunday newspaper with full game coverage? I miss when the Grand Rapids Press had that. Not this piddly Sunday paper that's a reprint of half the stuff from the week, but like a meaty section with a, you know, Bob Becker or whomever that was doing the, you know, more of the columnist approach. And then you had back then David Mayo who was, you know, maybe Michigan State's beat writer. You had equal coverage, one whole page for Michigan State, one whole page for Michigan. All the stats, all the stuff, the sidebars, the game stories. I Yeah, you can get that online, but I miss that, man. I miss that. I miss going out there first thing Sunday morning, grabbing that paper, having a Sunday cup of coffee. That aside, love that college football is finally here. Not as big of an NFL fan, but excited for the NFL to start this weekend. We don't have a weekend without football until February. It is good. All right, with that, let's go to the podium. Ryan, the lectern is yours. Yep, I'm going to start with college football um, and something we might have talked about in the past, but uh, I thought I'd bring it up again after week one. Uh, great first weekend, but preseason rankings. I don't care what sport is football or basketball, baseball, field hockey. Preseason rankings are basically worthless, and it proved again this weekend. Um, I've been thinking this for a long time, and this weekend proved it to me. I mean, number 10, North Carolina loses to an unranked Virginia Tech team. 
Number two, Oklahoma almost blows it at home against Tulane, who is displaced from a hurricane nonetheless. Wisconsin was top 15, lose to Penn State, who's ranked as well, but they lose. Oregon struggled with Fresno State. Indiana did not look like the 17th best team in the country. Montana goes into Washington and beats them, who is ranked 20th. UCLA blows out number 16, LSU. Iowa State almost loses to the, the Northern Iowa fighting Kurt Warners. I mean, what? that's just a, a few of the games that I could have talked about. I mean, there's so many close. Rankings should not come until two or three weeks into the season. That's when you know more about the team. And this Heisman crap that ESPN, oh, here's a Heisman candidate. No, there's no Heisman candidates after week one. You can do that all you want. You want to talk about that. I mean, Clemson, they did not look like the number three, whatever team. They were number three, number four team. They looked terrible. They don't have an offense. Preseason rankings don't mean a damn thing. They need to be gotten rid of. I don't care. They won't, though, because it's just something to talk about. Yeah, that's, that's the reason for them. But fodder it's fodder for podcasts it's horrible. and for, you know, sports radio and and everything else but it's terrible yeah i mean the right way to do it just like they wait to come out with the cfp rankings until you know november you know wait until the month is played because otherwise you know if you crown september national champions michigan would have about the last 20 plus they'd have all 20 september heisman winners i mean tongue-in-cheek case in point how many in national championships and heisman winners they have in that time yeah right so i agree with ryan it's kind of worthless. I know why they do it. They're not going to not do it. And I'm even saying this from the standpoint of the guy who um, ran and initiated the Amway Coaches Poll sponsorship back in my days at Amway, uh, which was a great seven-year run for Amway that they're still getting play on, by the way. Um, I, I agree. I mean, we had kind of had to sell it there and why preseason rankings were great. For them, it was because people were talking about it, and that's exactly what it is. And I guess they win because we're talking about it too, but... Yeah, we'll get more into college football in a bit, but a lot of things were blown out of the water that way. All right, for me, I'm going to keep it in college football, and I'm going to talk length of games. I know that this has been talked about for quite a while. I don't have the number one solution, but if all my guys fell asleep because of the already late-ish kick, you know, an 8 o'clock that was really 8.16, or no, 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 a 9, that was 9.16, I'm thinking Central Time, Michigan State Northwestern on Friday, and all my buddies fell asleep. You know, a game was out of reach by then, but with, you know, five, ten minutes left in the game because it was 12.45 in the morning, that's because the game was too damn long. Like, let's break it down. There are 60 minutes of play on the field. The clock is running for a lot of it. I mean, when a clock, if you never noticed, the clock only stops on an out-of-bounds inside the last, like, three minutes of the quarter or maybe even only the half. Um, you know, as soon as that ball is reset, it, it, it starts going again. Like, I think part of it is that they review every play. Part of it is another topic that we'll get into is reviewing things like targeting. Maybe the game will get a little bit quicker. But, I mean, these games that are lasting almost four hours because of a combination of all that stuff, it's ridiculous. NCAA or conferences, whoever's going to run this, get a commissioner for NCAA football, for crying out loud. Get a, you know... Or Roger Goodell for an, for the NCAA. Figure it out. The NFL can play their games in three three fifteen at the high side. They make just as much money as NCAA on ad revenue and things like that. Figure out a way to do it. If you need to go split screen like they do for golf coverage, if you need to go like soccer and embed the logos, run one version of the 
you know, of of a commercial. We don't need to see it 15 times in four hours. Run it once, once a half, and then put their logo on the screen for a while. This segment sponsored by whatever. That's what they do for soccer. I just, it's got to be shortened. It's taking away the fan experience. It's honestly why I think some people don't like to go to sit in the stadiums anymore because those TV timeouts are so long. We we joke about it in our seats and section 122, row four of the upper deck at Michigan State. Can't wait to get there this weekend. Ryan, you be Tony and I, we joke about, oh, there's the dude in the red hat. There's five minutes more downtime. I mean, like, get it figured out. Consider the fans. Stop considering your pocketbook and your money and consider the fans. There is no reason college football should not be able to be played in three hours and 15 minutes. Period. Then you don't have this bleed over into other games because you also have like the overtime factor and that kind of stuff. Get it done in 315. Figure it out among, among other things. I'm getting kind of tired of it. I'm not looking forward to that. I'm going back to Michigan State games in person, that's the one thing I'm not because there's so much damn downtime when you're in the seats. Figure it out, NCAA. All right. By the way, Captain agreed with us. Now for our personal foul of the week. I'm going to tell you who, and Ryan's going to tell you why, and we are going to throw the flag, maybe two, at Kansas Jayhawks football. Kansas Jayhawk football, literally maybe the most pathetic thing uh, in in Power 5, maybe aside from Vanderbilt, um, but... They hadn't won a game since October 16th, 2019. They win on Friday night against FCS South Dakota, 17-14, to and their fans storm the field. What? what? What's going on? You guys just, you beat an FCS team and you storm the field like you won the national championship. Unbelievable. I know you suck, but that, that is the lowest thing I've ever seen in my life, rushing the field to beat an, you beat an FCS opponent. I mean... Come on, guys. Yeah, I agree with that. Throw the flag. I mean, it's great to be excited. Kansas football has sucked for a really long time. But, I mean, come on. The, the way you start is to act like you've been there before. All right, four downs. Plus a two-minute drill this week. First down, as we will for the next several weeks, we will get it started by looking back at the week in the Big Ten. We'll talk a little bit about maybe our player of the week picks, our team of the week picks, just some general insights from the mini games we watched. I let Ryan have control of the remote, and I think I went dizzy because we were flipping between like seven, eight games at a time. Never watched one for more than about a minute, minus the Michigan State game, which we watched all the way through. So, Ryan, let's just kind of go back and forth. We'll we'll kick back just some comments on on some key games and then some other observations. So, I think we got to start with Wisconsin, Penn State, which was arguably. You know, no offense to Minnesota, Ohio State. You know, Wisconsin, Penn State was arguably the marquee matchup of the weekend. Big noon game on Fox. Gus was on the call. Um, talk about a rock fight. You know, it was like I called it three yards in a cloud of rubber pellets. I mean, in some respects, it was really boring. In other respects, it was actually kind of semi exciting because it was zero zero at the half, right? Like. But still, I think we, going back to rankings, I think we exposed some things. I didn't think Penn State was going to be as good as they showed, especially on defense, although their offense still wasn't all that great. I thought Wisconsin was going to be quite a bit better, um, especially on offense. I knew their defense would be pretty good. And they did blow, what, three red zone opportunities, two mm-hmm. picks and a missed field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
man, I mean, that doesn't kill Wisconsin too much because it's the first game. It's an it's a crossover game, so you know they could win out in the in the West and go and get their ass kicked by Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. I just don't think that bodes well for the Big Ten West. I don't know, Ryan, if you had any other thoughts on that game. I I, I was disappointed in Wisconsin uh, offensively. Their defense is great, as is Penn State's, but their offense, I mean, they're stuck in 1992 running their – Barry Alvarez. Power eye. Power eye and shoving it down people's throat. I mean, that works when you have Jonathan Taylor, Monty Ball, all these NFL running backs, but you don't have an NFL running back on your roster right now. That doesn't work. And their line probably isn't as good as it has been. Uh, and Graham Mertz, who I thought could be a breakout candidate this year, is he was not good. He spent too much time making a logo for himself with he NIL. Looked, he looked pretty terrible, to be honest with you. Yeah. Inaccurate look. I just I didn't like it. He didn't look confident. The, Wisconsin was disappointed, and it brings me to uh, I guess a game we can talk about next. Iowa. I think Iowa was the best team in the West uh, after Week One. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, would what I watched. That. I, th- I mean, Iowa. The, Petrus isn't great. Their offense is great. They have a defense, though. Their defense is really good. They have a pretty good run game. Um, Eric Goodson's a nice back. Petrus was, you know, his 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 knock last year was his lack of accuracy, and he did not improve that against a, you know, albeit decent Indiana, Indiana defense. defense but yeah. yeah, I mean, Iowa definitely again after Week One, um, and against you know a team that everybody had pegged to be you know a potential sleeper pick to take out Ohio State. Um, you know, I mean, thirty-four to six, they dominated that game. Absolutely dominated that game. I mean, picked off Penix what three, four times, a couple of pick I mean, sixes. Penix was very inaccurate. Uh, that was not the Indiana I expected. I'm, I'm sure they'll bounce back, but I mean, they play Cincinnati in a couple weeks. That's not going to be easy. Then obviously the Big Ten's, the rest of the Big Ten slate is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. So could yeah. end up being not great for Indiana. I mean, they'll probably their defense is good, but yeah, I mean, I just I thought. I, I, you could have kind of seen this coming. I, I think I mentioned last week that I thought it would be a close game. But, you know, Indiana's one of those programs that hasn't really been there, right? Like, they've just kind of they've built up slowly over the last few years, and they've flashed up, and they've got some flashy players, and they've had a mar- couple marquee wins. You know, they got Michigan last year. They got Penn State last year. And they're just, to me, one of those programs that as soon as you kind of shine the spotlight on them, it's like, oh, uh, I don't know if we're ready for this or not. And that's I, – I think – to be fair, I was really good, but I, I think we saw a little bit of that. I don't know that Penix is 100% right. I don't know how anybody who shreds their ACL that late in the season can be. You know, We'll talk about that maybe in a minute with De'Aaron King, too, from Miami. Um, yeah, that was a, that was kind of a, a little bit of a head-scratcher and a little bit of an eye-opener, too, I thought. You know, keeping it in kind of probably the third biggest game, crossover game there, Um you know, and really, Indiana was the only team, by the way, out of the East that laid an egg. The the rest of the East looked really pretty strong. But yep. uh, another crossover game: Ohio State, Minnesota. You know, Minnesota had some fight in him. I think as soon as Ibrahim, I Ibrahim went out, that really kind of took the wind out of their sails. It, can they replace him? No. I don't know. I mean, he's that good. You know, yards after contact guy. Um, Ohio State took a little bit to get going. They were a juggernaut. I mean, for crying out loud, their third-string quarterback or running back busted out a 79-yard touchdown run right out of the gate. Then that true freshman um, was Henderson, Henderson was silly. as advertised. And I mean, their their other what's his name? Uh, their other tailback, Master Teague. Master Teague. I mean, he didn't really do much. You know, the receivers were as advertised. The receivers. 
Ohio State's defense, you know, we'll see. I think Minnesota, though, serves some notice that they'll be there. They'll hang around. If they can find a way to replace their tailback, um, I, I think they'll be around. I don't know if you saw anything in particular out of that game. Ryan, any any holes in Ohio State's armor? Yeah, I think their, their defense is a little sus to me. I didn't I didn't like what I saw. I mean, they're that's what they struggled with last year, right? I mean, it was defense, giving up big plays, secondary and some holes. I mean, they, they have... They have some really, really good athletes, but it's a matter of putting it together. I think that down the line they'll be better, but, I mean, their offensive line's great. I mean, Straub struggled a little bit in the beginning, then kind of picked it up. I mean, that's what happens. Ohio State kind of sleepwalks through the first half and then turns it on. They play a lot better. And, you know, his half. first start, so yeah, he's figuring game, it out. He played a, a decent amount against Michigan State last year. First game in front of people but, in a while. And, you know, I mean, he's got plenty of weapons around him, so he doesn't have to be, you know, Heisman-worthy. He could just be really good, and Ohio State's going to be really good. You know, the defense might bite him at some point in time. It didn't seem – I didn't feel like they were rotating in a whole lot of depth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're a little dinged up. They had a couple of starters that were out for some undisclosed reason. Um, so it'll be interesting, and Ohio State doesn't have it easy this week. We'll get into picks later, but, you know, they, they jump right back into the fray with Oregon, albeit, you know, Oregon struggled a little bit with Fresno at home. Um, a couple of other thoughts that I had just kind of, you know, bouncing around the dial. The other Big Ten crossover game, of course, was Michigan State-Northwestern. I, You know, we're watching the end of Vatek, North Carolina, which was one of those upsets, and we had to, like, barely pull it up in, in, on our phones in time while ESPN was dinking around making the switch to see Kenneth Walker take the ticket to the house off the first play of the game. Um Nuts. Dude rushed for more yards in that game, 264, than any back did for Michigan State last year in five games. Uh, most yards in a game since Le'Veon Bell did it against Minnesota. Most touchdowns in a game for a running back since Edwin Baker did it against Minnesota. No, not the same game, but same team. couple years difference. Um, you know, it's hard to tell because Northwestern was really good last year. You knew that they were going to be a little bit off this year. You know, we had them picked seven and five. Um, I still think when you're talking about a Big Ten game on the road at night, you got a new quarterback. Thorne wanted out. You got all these other transfers. Michigan State showed well, you know, and then they've got a chance this week to play uh, FCS school in Youngstown State, who they should handle. And I, I don't expect that a Tucker team is going to look past even a FCS team. No. And then they go to Miami, and who knows, you know, from there. I, I, I think we saw some things. There's some deficiencies, some things that need to be fixed, certainly. Um, was surprised with how few wide receivers they played. Was surprised with how few defensive backs they played. Um, I think the depth is generally there. Was surprised Elijah Collins didn't see but a few plays on special teams. Tells me that he's having ball security issues. Maybe he's a little dinged up. Uh, but the good news there is, even though he was fourth string for that game, he was the first one to celebrate with Walker every time, which I thought was pretty sweet. So, I don't know, Ryan, what, I'm sure you have some thoughts on that Michigan State yeah, game, Yeah, I echo everything you said. I mean, I thought Peyton Thorne managed the game pretty well. He, he'd be the first guy. He didn't play great, but he made the throws when he had to. Scrambled a little bit. Didn't turn it over. Uh, did not turn the ball over, which is always a plus. Um should be good this weekend. Get him some good run experience, and maybe get Russo in there as well. Maybe uh, Noah Kim play three quarterbacks. Good stuff. Get guys some run. Uh, but defense looked pretty good. I mean, rotate a lot of guys on the D line, linebackers, and they looked pretty good up front. I mean, rush defense was pretty solid aside from like one big play. Take that away, they only had like seventy yards rushing on like mm-hmm. thirty-five carries or something. Yeah. 
I mean, pass defense is okay. Uh, I think they need a little more of a pass rush, but I was impressed with the offensive line. I mean, first game, Northwestern might be down a little bit, but still Big Ten opponent, um, team that has had a lot of success in the last it's the first time we've seen Michigan years. State dominate the line of scrimmage in a really long yeah, time. They kept just... Thorne pretty clean. I mean, obviously, Walker, 264 yards, 207, by the way, after contact, which is yeah. pretty crazy. I mean, I, I definitely holes. I mean, I think open field tackling something, I mean, not allowing the big play, find, just find that rotation in the, in the defensive backfield. But I think I, I was really impressed, and I think Michigan State's ahead of where I expect them to be week one. Hopefully they can just keep growing and growing. I mean, take it. Game by game, don't look past you. Don't win this weekend. Go get to two and L and go to Miami and see what happens. I mean, if they could be competitive. Competitive would be great. I mean, even come out of there with a win would be would be pretty cool. But um, yeah, just I'm happy with where they're at. Um, right Liked now. what I saw too out of Halliday at linebacker. That was kind yeah, of a surprise he's, he's start, good. and he and and uh, Crouch were really or Couch Very were good. really 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 good. Very good. Um, just a couple of other things that I. You know, head off the top of my head. I mean, Illinois, womp womp. You beat Nebraska, you're feeling good. Then you go and you lose to UTSA. I should have wondered when. I think the spread was only like five and a half to start that game at Illinois. Uh, They just were never in it. Oh, boy, you know, got excited over there. And how does Nebraska feel? I mean, they thumped Fordham, albeit go watch. I mean, listen to the Nebraska guys in in the post game. Fordham had a linebacker with 33-0 tackles. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, and still, they're sitting there going, we lost to Illinois, who lost to UTSA. I mean, that's the beauty of college football, though that happens more, yeah, I say, think, in right. college basketball. But those are just a few of my other kind of observations from the weekend. Anything else, Ryan? On, you know, yeah, there were some I, games I, I like Purdue in, and a couple other teams like that, too. I was impressed with Rutgers. I mean, 61 points, mm-hmm. that's no – Yeah, 61 points. That's nothing to look past. I mean, that's really good against a, a group of five teams. It's not great, but Temple's not a horrible program. I mean, mm-hmm. they've been to bowl games, a lot of bowl games in the past few years. I mean, that was big. Uh, Michigan looked pretty decent. Um, losing Ronnie Bell for the season, that's not that's not going to bode well, I don't think. I mean, they have some unproven guys, but um, prayers up to him. Hopefully he recovers quick and can play in the league. But, um, yeah, I mean, Western is a decent MAC team. I, not as good as they have been in the past, but a, a Michigan's 1-0, and then we'll talk about it later. But Washington on the might be a little easier than they thought, I'd previously thought, so maybe get a chance to get to 2-0 there. But, Maryland proved me wrong in game one, but, 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 they did the same thing. They beat Texas a few years ago, and we thought they were going to be good, and then they ended up going 4 and West Virginia turned it over four or so times. And but Talia, whatever the hell, the hell you say his name, Talia had, he's a good arm. I mean, he has, he has good weapons at receiver, but I just want to see them play against a stout defense and stuff like that, see what happens with then. Like we talked about, Purdue, um, good win over Oregon. Yeah, good State win close. over Pac-12. Not a good Pac-12 team, but a Pac-12. Started team off the close. alliance with the win. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, a good week. Great start for the Big Ten. You know, another full slate this week. Nobody's got the week off. We'll get into picks in a little bit. We'll review how we did and all that kind of stuff. But that is first down in the books. Second down. Obviously, we love college football so much that we got to devote second down to the rest of college football. So. Same type of style going around. I'm going to tell you first, my team of the week was UCLA. I mean, they absolutely obliterated LSU. Now, you know, I will, I will, I'm not even an asterisk it. I'll temper it a little bit by saying 
LSU did have the unfortunate thing of they had to pack up and get out of Baton Rouge because of Hurricane Ida. They've spent the week in Houston. It's never easy to go to the West Coast. Uh, but still, UCLA was quite impressive, and they mm-hmm. went from, like, I felt like you could count how many people were in the Rose Bowl for the Hawaii game to not full. They kind of button up the end zones a little bit with their logo stuff, but still, it was a pretty good crowd. Yeah. Uh, it was a good game. UCLA showed well. Um, you know, looked a little bit more like Chip Kelly ball, and uh, I don't know what's going. I don't know what's going on at LSU, but ew. yeah, Coach O's seat might be getting warm. Uh, but UCLA did look good. I mean, I'm happy for Charbonnet leaves Michigan and he's tearing it up, um, yeah. doing really well. How often, I mean, can, correct me if you heard that. Stop me yeah. if you haven't heard that. Transfer guy goes and rips it up somewhere else. Yeah. Kent Walker, lots of guys. That's yeah, crazy. But UCLA, I mean, they're vaulted from a team that. Was they're probably going to make a bowl now they're ranked and looking like maybe one of the stronger teams in the Pac-12 South, which is cool. Uh, Chip's visor's doing well, I guess. But I mean, I, I the LSU thing being displaced, I think that definitely had something to play with it. But Tulane had the same thing, and they were supposed to have a home game that turned into a away game. They almost beat Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean there there were uh, a couple of feet on fourth on a fourth down scramble aside, you know, from yeah, keeping that drive alive. Won that game. I, I mean, who knows that. I think Tulane's probably pretty good, but again, is Oklahoma number two good? Doesn't look like it. Is Spencer Rattler hands on highs, you know, lockdown Heisman Trophy winner? I, I don't think so. Um, speaking of Heisman Trophy, I mean, if you're going to get into the front runners and whatever, it's, you know, shock. It's an Alabama quarterback again. I mean, just absolutely goes and shreds Miami. Shreds Miami, who's supposed to be known for their defense. Alabama hammered them. I thought that Miami could cover the 19 and a half. Like, maybe not by much, but like, okay, a two-touchdown game. But that game was never, was never close. close. You know, Bama lost a linebacker for the season due to a broken foot. But they lost a good player or two or three every year, it seems like. And they just reload. I mean, they are, you know, it, there's always debates in sports circles of, oh, such and such, you know, such and such a great college team could beat the worst NFL team. I still don't agree with that, but... I do think Alabama could give the Lions a run. I mean, they're loaded with NFL talent, and they literally, you know, some of these guys were around last year, but a fair amount of them are, you know, didn't play that much last year, and they came out and were absolute studs on on day one. They're unbelievable. There's no doubt about that. I mean, this guy that's the the third-string running back is tearing it up, and this guy, Jamison Williams, Ohio State transfer, 135 yards receiving on like four catches. I mean, crazy, unbelievable. I, I think the ultimate smokescreen of the weekend was Washington with their loss to Montana. You know, they're trying to make Michigan feel not so bad about being preseason top 20 and losing to App State a few years ago. Washington did the same so they can walk into the big house and beat them in an 8 o'clock game. I don't know that that's going to happen. We'll get into picks in a little bit. But yeah, how do you lose? I mean, the last time they played Montana was 2017, and they beat them 63-7. to Inexplicable seven. when you're supposed to be known. I mean, it was a close game, but geez. I mean, and then Iowa State, first time ever being preseason top 10, they almost lose. Yeah, so you and I, I mean, you and I had a chance down the down yeah, – and granted, now, I think a lot of the FCS schools played in the spring, did they not? They did. So, yes. you know, maybe that gives them a little bit of a leg up, maybe. But still, I mean, you're recruiting guys that are way better. You, you know, the the quote-unquote dregs, they're not dregs by any stretch, but the guy, you know, the guys that nobody wanted for FBS are who goes to FCS. Um, and maybe that's part of it is that they've got something to prove and they step it up, but 
Um, again, that's why we love college sports because the upsets like that happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, the marquee was supposed to be the marquee matchup of the weekend was Clemson, Georgia. Talk about another rock fight. Neither offense could do squat. Great defenses. But I'm telling you what, where I saw a major deficiency is Clemson's offensive line. I mean, they got sacked seven times. They had no run game. They lost a receiver, I think, for the next four to six weeks due to a broken thumb. I know, I don't know. Clemson's in the ACC, which we can get into, is looking pretty soft right now. But, man, great win for Georgia. How does that translate? I don't know. How good is Clemson? I don't know. I think it probably translates pretty well. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that one. Yeah, I mean, I was very underwhelmed by both teams. I mean, not an offensive touchdown in in, in the game. Um, but Georgia's defense is for real. I mean, that is, that's for dang sure. So is Clemson's. But I, I, Uliya, whatever, he's too busy signing deals with Dr. Pepper. They're probably mm-hmm. like, what the hell do we sign this guy? This <laughs> right. guy's horrible. Exactly. I mean, some of it was on his line. His receivers aren't getting open. But he's got, like, you got to get rid of the ball, dude. Like, they've got to come out of you. Throw it away. Lead your receivers. Throw people open. Yeah, he was waiting for guys to get wide open, yeah, and, and they got zero separation for the Georgia defensive backs. And they should win the re- I mean, should win the rest of their games. They don't have any really hard teams. Oh, and North Carolina out. lost to Vatek, who Vatek might be better, but is North yeah, Carolina's I mean, good? I mean, Miami got thumped. Florida State, which we can talk about in a minute, it actually looked probably the best out of all the ACC Duke, teams playing Duke at top seven. by Charlotte. I mean, the ACC's name, yeah. a mess. I mean, I don't. Georgia Tech lost to Northern Illinois, the fighting Rocky Lombardi. Yeah, Rocky was a big I mean, game. I mean, Boston College is, looked decent, and then NC State, they might be the second best team in the conference. I, was listening, I mean, listening, the teams that you yeah. would expect to be the, the dog meat yeah. fared well, and the teams that you would NC expect State to be good. NC State might be the surprise team, mark my words. I think yeah. I was on the radio earlier, they're saying they're like the only team that's physical up front, and they're willing to to block and get dirty. I mean, that's I mean, that's how you win games in college mm-hmm. football is at the line of scrimmage, and that's what they do. Um and then, yeah, we talk about FSU a little bit. I was surprised um, with how close that game was. I didn't think Florida State would be any good, to be honest with you. And they went toe-to-toe with ND. They really did. I mean, breaking a new quarterback for Notre Dame is never easy, but they have more talent. Yeah, I mean, but Cohn, I mean, he proved that it's it's the you know the system at Wisconsin. Flush it, man. Dude, he, he set a sing, or first start record for Notre Dame, beat his offensive coordinator Tommy Rees' record. It was like, was 364. He had 366 yards, four touchdowns. His pick was a bomb at the end of, I don't know, it was a half or a game or whatever. So that's, you know, you kind of wipe those off the board. I mean, hello, Wisconsin. This is a guy that you, albeit he got hurt, and then Mertz took his spot. But you kind of were like, yeah, yeah, get out. Um, Notre Dame is going to absolutely shred your ass in a couple weeks at this rate. But Florida State, you know, I felt bad for the kicker because it was like, you know, tribute to Bobby Bowden and only fitting in a tribute to Bobby Bowden that they missed another key kick to lose a game. Um, You know, I don't know. Did you hear, Ryan, that Mackenzie Milton played? And, like, he he almost lost his leg a few years ago. I I didn't know that. Okay, tongue-in-cheek. Great story. I mean, it was fabulous, but holy... Tessator, could you bang that drum more often? You must have told us the story 15 times when Milton was in. And yes, he brought them back, and it could have been an epic comeback. I, I was rooting at that point, I don't like either team, but for Florida State to win, for him to complete that story. I mean, it is a remarkable story. It's just like, 
could you not have any extension of that story? You literally repeated yourself over and over. Still, it'll be interesting. Do they have a QB controversy down in Florida State now? Because he certainly moved the ball a lot better with some stand in the pocket and deliver some dimes throws. Um, you know, obviously he's not going to be quite as mobile because of his knee, although he got out and he ran a little bit. Do they go to QB system? What do they do? Clearly there's a reason why he didn't win the starting gig to begin with, but you might have a little something on your hands because down 18, eight, nine minutes ago, he leads you back. Um, you know, I, boy, that, that was interesting. Um, a lot of great stuff from, you know, from college football over the weekend. I'm trying to think of if we missed anything else. I mean, Ole Miss a little bit. I mean, they looked really good. Ole Miss looked good. Yeah, the powder blues are sweet. Scary. For offense. sure. So just that alone. Mississippi um, State erased a 20-point deficit in the fourth. Probably should have, you know, could have definitely lost that game. There, there was another potential upset. You know, Louisiana hung okay tight with Texas. I mean, I think people are going to get a little overexcited. I, somebody gave the Walker or something gave the Texas running back the player of the week over Kenneth Walker, which is a joke. He tweeted back at him and said, bet. I mean, the guy had like 113 yards rushing and 78 yards receiving. Okay, so what? You played Louisiana. You didn't play a cross-rival Big Ten team or anything like that. So, I don't know. I mean, all in all, college football did not disappoint this weekend. Um, I'm sure that there's games probably as early as Wednesday, knowing the MAC and the WAC and all those conferences that like to play in the middle of the week to get their TV time, but um, I know we've got some epics on the on the schedule again as well, and we're gonna we're gonna chat about those. But um, you know, a great week for college football. Anything else that you want to no, throw in there? We hit it all. All right, we'll stay in college football for a third down, and we'll talk about something that I know is getting a lot of run. Um, I heard it, you know, in my forty-five minute 100%. drive turned to an hour and almost hour and a half this morning because of traffic out to Holland. Dusty and Danny were talking about it the entire length of my drive, and that is targeting um there were four ejections alone in the old miss louisville game five last night reviews. five reviews i don't know how many ejections there were for the weekend a caller actually called in and said you know maybe we need to temper our overreaction i think he's i might have the numbers transposed dyslexia or something i think he's at 154 or 145 something like that ejections for targeting last year in 540 some games so you know one every four games or so, roughly. Um, it kind of felt like more this weekend, maybe because we sat and watched 12 hours straight of college football on Saturday. I don't know if it was really that big of a thing. I know it's a point of emphasis for sure. I understand it. I just, uh, I struggle because sometimes in a big point that was raised by both Collins and Dusty and Danny on the on the drive, the morning drive was, like, sometimes the ball carrier, running backs, well, running backs drop their shoulder and head all the time. Like, why, why don't they get called for targeting? But quarterbacks will, you know, they go for the late slide, which I understand they're trying to protect themselves. But how do you, when you change your, your tackling position and somebody's already committed to that play? Now, I heard a replay official say, oh, don't let them fool you. They can make a split-second move of their body to avoid the hit or whatever. Yeah, yeah I think in some cases... And in some, like there was one last night that was egregious. I mean, a guy was definitely headhunting Ole Miss's quarterback. Those are no-brainers. But what can we do to solve, you know, both the safety issue, because I agree that it's an issue, but case in point, in real time, it looked awful. The Tulane-Oklahoma game, 
they called targeting. They actually waved it because the quarterback was sliding. He lost his helmet. I mean, it was a nasty hit. I'm surprised he didn't have something. He got hit right in the chin. But it wasn't because the guy went in headhunting with, you know, with the crown of his helmet. It's because he went down shoulder first to make the tackle. What would have been probably in the gut, but it was, you know, up by the neck by the time the quarterback was sliding. So that's part of the thing in my mind too that expands the length of the game is you have these five minute reviews and they're super slow motion and I feel like if a referee doesn't see it in real time should they be able to look at every single play and scrutinize it and if they do do we really need to eject guys all the time I mean if there's intent like a flagrant one versus a flagrant two or whatever in basketball yeah I agree if there's intent kick a guy no no question like the guy last night that was head hunting uh, corral kick him but in another game where a guy slides, just happens to be in the wrong spot at the wrong time, the hits look nasty. I'm sure they feel nasty. Was there intent? I, no. But so, do you, I mean, like they said this morning, you train for 12, maybe if you're lucky, 14 or 15 games, 13, 14, 15 games if you get all the way to the national championship in a season. And you get one taken away or one and a half taken away because of an ejection. I, I just, I struggle with... I get the letter. I get the why. I definitely need. There's safety issues in college football that need to be addressed. But I just something's got to change with the targeting rule. Yeah, just it's unbelievable how many. I feel like there was every game you watch there's something in there with with targeting. But yeah, I think the having a targeting one and two. I think that that'd be a good idea. Just the. I mean, if you have your head up and you're just hit someone hard and sometimes like you hit someone in the head with your shoulder pad or the top of your helmet, like the, your face mask, your helmet, that's uh, your heads up. You're, I mean, you know where you're going, the crown of the helmet, that should definitely, your head hunting like that definitely should be a throw up. But the other, like, there's no way that should be. Um, I know it's for safety reasons, but it's football. It's a violent game. Um, like everyone knows that. I mean, I, I realize the concussion thing's big, with with NFL and CT and all that stuff, but it's a it's a violent game and people need to know that. I mean, that's that's not unknown. Um, but yeah, I think that this definitely needs to be taken taken um, into consideration to change this rule and maybe look into it more and stop freaking reviewing it. it. Makes the game so much longer and it can kill momentum for teams. It can spur momentum for teams. I mean, who knows? I mean. I think it just needs to be reviewed. I, not probably not this year because well, they're not you know, going to stop doing it. But at the season. end of this year, they definitely need to take. And maybe, maybe you know, like one person mentioned on that call, maybe in the first week or so, with you know an overabundance of the calls, the message will be there, and then it'll start to temper down a little bit. Yeah. Um. You know, I think it was Dusty Dvorak. Dvorak had a great thought as like, why not just flag it 15 yards that's fine unless you know bang bang unless you say okay that was clearly egregious well, that's what and, it is in the nfl there's no target in the nfl right and then they find they find guys after the fact so your fine after the fact in college can be get back your nil no your fine in college football afterwards can be you get a half game suspension or a game suspension like have a review board um don't yep. stop the game because i agree i mean i i we didn't watch all of that game we were watching 9-11 stuff instead because it was kind of a dud game but um you know, I'm sure those four calls and all the reviews probably added 25, 30 minutes to the game. And it's just, it's unnecessary. You know, momentum killers, momentum busters. Um, flag them 15 yards, that's fine. I don't think you can do like a 5-yard, 15-yard like the old face mask thing. Just it's a 15-yard penalty. 
and then Monday get a, a you know an unbiased group of people that their job is to look at all the targeting calls and say, yep, this guy gets an ejection. Nope, that was clean. Yep, there was intent. Nope, there were, like figure something out. Like, chances are it's not going to happen this year. It's definitely the number one focus still is player safety. I get the player safety part, but you got to figure out a way to do it better. Um, in some cases, just look at the NFL from a TV perspective, from a targeting perspective. There's ways that the NFL has figured out how to do it that you can translate to the college game. Absolutely. All right, fourth down. We will move our pick em up. Ryan's going to let us know kind of how we did. Right now it's just a three-horse race, so we need to get more bodies in this deal. Um, right now it's just me, Ryan, and JG. JG, thanks for playing along. Keep playing with us. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll hook you up with something if you beat us out for sure. Um, but Ryan, tell us how we're doing so far, and then let's get through the this week's games. Yep. Um, review back to week zero. Um, we were both four out of five, and JG was three out of five. Um, and then this past week, I think I don't even know how many games we had. How many Big Ten? 14 Big Ten plus. Let's see, one. No, I don't know. I mean, every Big Ten team, we had both had 10 cracks. We had chalk uh, across the board, same. And then JG also had 10. So. Um, yeah, JG trails us by one total. We're both tied. Um, then we'll take a look at this week, too. I mean, we're doing all Big Ten this week because there's not really that many big time games outside of the Big Ten, and the Big Ten fills in enough games this week. Um, anyway, so I guess we'll start off with Michigan State, Youngstown State. Michigan State's going to win this one, hopefully, handily. I mean, hopefully, like 45 to 14 or something. Blowout would be nice. Yeah, I agree. It, it should not be close, and if it's close, it'll be a little bit of a setback from last week, but Michigan State will roll in this game. Yep. Uh, Illinois versus UVA, 11 o'clock kick. Weird for an East Coast game. It would be one thing if that was in Illinois and it was a noon kick East Coast, but, I mean, that's 10 o'clock for Illinois. That seems really yeah. strange to me. The battle of hope colors, orange and blue. Um, I don't really know. Well, yeah, UVA played... Oh, do they play? I don't know. They Bill won. and Mary or somebody. They yeah, played, I think it was William and Mary. They, I think, they, I, think uh, I definitely would uh, go with UVA. I'm going to stick with, we picked that as, you know, preseason beating yep. Illinois, especially after Illinois lost to the Mimi Roadrunners last yep, week. Yeah, I'm going with the Hoos as well. Uh, big time game, um, marquee game, Oregon at Ohio State, uh, noon, Fox 17, whatever you want to call yeah, big it. Big noon uh, kickoff on big Fox. Big noon kickoff. Um, Ohio State, I think, is going to win this one. Oregon's without Kevon Thibodeau, probably sprains ankle last week, probably one of the best defensive players in the country, and they didn't do great against Fresno. So And they got to come in and they for cross a, a 9, o'clock, 9 o'clock game on their bodies. Yep. I just, yeah, I, yeah Ohio so. State's favorite last I saw by 14.5. I think Ohio State wins this one probably 20-plus. Yeah. I think it ends up being actually more of a dud than it is a marquee game. And while we're on that topic, I don't know why Michigan State didn't make Arizona State do the noon kick. Right instead of the three thirty, well, yeah, TV sometimes picks that, one that time, but still, but, yeah. Um, yep. Uh, next game, uh, Miami, Ohio versus Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota thinks going to get the win here, but without Mo Ibrahim out for the season, probably torn Achilles. They said lower leg injury in his calf made some weird thing. So, I'm guessing it's Achilles. But yeah, going to go with the Gophers here. Uh, Miami's been a decent uh, MAC team here under Frank Mark. Is that his name? Martin, yeah, with, with um, Notre Dame, Grand Valley Martin, State, whatever. Yeah, former GV coach, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but yeah, I got Minnesota as well. I mean, Miami lost forty nine fourteen to Cincinnati last week. They were down thirty five nothing at the half. 
Um, Minnesota is not my uh, Cincinnati, but I think that uh, Minnesota gets this and kind of – they may be a little rusty, a little sleepwalky at first, but I think they get this dub. Yep. Uh, Larry Bird's Indiana State Sycamores versus Northwestern in Evanston. Go Wildcats. Yeah, I think Northwestern bounces back. You know, I thought that they got actually better than expected play out of their quarterback last weekend. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, it was like three former Clemson guys that were transfers had pretty good weekends as starting quarterbacks, guys that left because of Trevor Lawrence. Um, but, yeah, I think Northwestern gets back on the winning track and they win this game. Rutgers versus the Syracuse Orangemen. Um, could be a decent game, actually. Syracuse was supposed to lose last week to Ohio. They were the dog at Ohio, yeah. Rutgers looked good. Rutgers could start 2-0. It's, it's, at, big, it's at the Carrier Dome. It's a big game, yeah, um, between – New, Jer- New Jersey and New York, a little uh, side-to-side state rival there. Uh, I'm going to go with the Scarlet Knights to start 2-0 and here. I-, I think this is a good chance for them to get up and w- get some more momentum with recruiting. In that now, area. we didn't talk about, too, Ryan, that guy for Rutgers who just played high school football we we Friday. Played his last high school game Friday, and he's immediately enrolling at, at Rutgers four-star quarterback uh, from New Jersey. So, I mean, that And eligible be, to play immediately. Immediately eligible. Crazy. Don't know if he's going to play, but, I mean, there's probably a reason why. And Vedril's not a terrific quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, so maybe yeah. it'll happen. It'll be interesting. I mean, I, I think this one's going to be tighter than I thought when we did our preseason previews. Syracuse has not been very good for the last several years, but they did win me some money last week, and they more than covered that spread against Ohio at Ohio, which is a good MAC team. Um, I, I mean, I think this is going to be a battle. I think it's going to come down to the wire. It's not going to be any 61-14 to 14 win for Rutgers like it was last week, but I agree. I think Rutgers gets this win. The Boilermakers are playing the worst team in FCS. Uh, Ooh, coachless. FBS, I'm sorry. Coachless UConn. Uh, Randy Etzel was, said the other day, oh, I'm going to retire at the end of the season. And then he says yesterday, no, but I'm done. Uh, well, I can see why. He is the worst team in the history of football. Well, so, I believe. They're horrible. They're absolutely horrible. Yeah, they're bad. Um, so, Boilermakers are easily going to win this game. Yeah, I would agree with that. Boiler Purdue looked pretty decent against Oregon State. Um, this should be a walk in the park, even though it is out in stores. Yeah. Um, the Ball State Cardinals versus the Penn State Nittany Lions in Happy Valley. Uh, Penn State will easily get this one done, I believe. I Ball State was pretty good last year, but yeah, Penn State, um, you know, they're feeling good after beating Wisconsin. Maybe there'll be a little bit of a snoozer at first, but I think that they roll in this game. Yep. Three uh, thirty game on BTN Buffalo versus Nebraska. Uh, if this was a couple of years ago, I'd say Nebraska might be in a little trouble. Buffalo had a decent team, but I don't think they're very good this year. I think Nebraska will win, get to two and one. Um, yeah, I would then, agree with that. It's Mac yeah. week in the Big Ten, it seems like. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, but I'll go Nebraska. Yeah, same. The biggest game in probably football this week, number nine versus number ten. I mean, who would have thought that? Uh, like, if you would have told me that five years ago, I'd be like, yeah, you're insane. Uh, Iowa versus Iowa State in Ames. College game day is going to be there. Big time atmosphere. The Cyhawk rivalry renewed. Uh, big game. Um, Iowa State... I was. I think we picked Iowa State on our prediction, and I had picked them as well. But 
with the way Iowa State played last week, I think I and Iowa's confident they have a good defense. I'm going with the Hawkeyes here. I think they're going to sneak in there and get a dub and put the country on notice. I, I'm just going to be different here, not because I have anything that says a reason why. I think Iowa State is played it pretty close to the vest last week. I think they've you know their coach Campbell's got their attention. Um, I think it's going to be a great game, probably arguably the best game in college football this weekend. I do think I'm going to stick with the pick that Iowa State takes out Iowa in Ames. The Eastern Michigan Eagles versus Wisconsin. Um, I don't, Eastern's not very good. Uh, They've Wisconsin's scored a couple Big Ten upsets over the last they few have, years. They have, but I though, think so those I are their better team. Wisconsin's there. going to be angry. I mean, they, they ran the ball. I can't remember the guy's name, but you know he had 100 and some yards last week. I mean, he ran it pretty well. I think that they're going to, you know, something's going to have to change. I think they're going to take out some of their anger on, on the Eagles, yeah. and I think that they're going to get them before they go to a bye week, and then they get Notre Dame. So it's like they kind of have two weeks to get things right between playing Eastern and then playing bye. Um, I think what Wisconsin rolls in this game. Yep. Uh, Indiana's playing the Fighting Potatoes, Idaho, the Vandals. Um Indiana's a win this. I don't yeah, think Idaho's I, any good by any stretch. Of the I, I don't think so either. I mean, I think Indiana, same thing. They got to get themselves right. They got a huge game against Cincinnati to come the next weekend. They need to fix some things on offense. So they just looked completely out of sync. I think this is a game where they can do that. A little DMV rivalry here: Howard versus Maryland. Uh, Maryland's easily going to win this one, but kind of cool playing DC team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Maryland looked pretty good offensively, especially against uh, West Virginia. I think that they absolutely smoke Howard. And then our final game, uh, Washington versus Michigan, ABC, 8 o'clock. Like the only like the sixth night game ever at the big house. Um, we picked Washington before. Uh, after their result against um, Montana over the weekend, I changed to Michigan. I don't want to pick Michigan, but I think they're going to win this game. And then they're going to think they're all high and mighty. So let's get them going. Let's win another national championship. <laughs> another September, September Natty. Course. Yeah. Boy, I mean, you know, part of me wants to say last week was an anomaly. Washington was playing it close to the vest, and they just stepped on their own you-know-what and couldn't get out of their own way. But I don't know. I mean, I think Montana's probably a decent FCS team, but you, you just don't lose as the 20th-ranked team to an FCS school. I mean, no. Michigan went on to, I don't think, a very good year that year. I think it ended up being cars last, right, at Michigan when they lost to App State. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I, again, fan hat on, I would love to see Washington just say, surprise, fooled you, but I I don't see that happening. I I think, you know, the Michigan crowd will be a little bit louder than the library that it usually is, and I I do think that they, they will get them. And I think, unfortunately, as was the case a lot of the times last year on Saturday night games, it's probably not going to be a great game, which in one respect means it's night-night time or because that's 9-11. Um, being the history buff that I am, I'm just glued to the TV anytime a 9-11 show comes on. So that may be how I spend the second half of that game on Saturday night. Yep, and that's all the games we had for this week. We want to um, pick the Lions. Yeah, we can do that. Um, we should pick the Lions. Yeah, let's, let's do the Lions. Um, they're not going to win. Um, I'll be I did say, I, you know, Trey Lance is battling a finger, so they've got three protected. San Fran's got though. three. No, they have three protected players on on their practice squad. Sudfield might be active as a second stringer. Is That's at Detroit, right? It is in Detroit. That's correct. And it's a 1 o'clock kick? So, so, you know, I mean, that's, could be, the West Coast teams sometimes struggle with that. I don't think the Lions have enough. But I 
let's just say this. I think I don't know what the spread is. I think they're. I think they'll come out and they'll they'll fight hard. I think they'll give us something to hope for. I think that's going to be kind of the the name of the season. I think we're going to probably fall short a lot more than we than we see victories. But I think they'll they'll play it tight. But I you know I think San Francisco gets that win too. Yeah, I'm going with the Niners as well. Let's hope the lines are competitive. Uh, but yeah, really looking forward to this weekend. Um, NFL got some money on some games, some spreads. So hopefully those will hit, win some money. But Buccaneers, Cowboys, uh, and two nights. That's going to be fun. Uh, I think. Buccaneers will probably blow that game wide open, but you know what? You never know. That's why it's play the games. Yep, exactly. All right, we got a little bit more to weigh in on, so let's go two-minute drill. Um, a little bit of Ryder Cup, a little bit of Michigan State out-of-conference slate that released today for hoops. No more than two minutes. Ryan, any thoughts on either of those two? Yeah, let, I'll, I'll go through who I think is going to make the Ryder Cup captain's picks. I mean, if you go through right now, um, guys that are in are, we got Morikawa, we got Brooks Kepka, we have Bryson, we have Cantlay. Um, I don't even know who the hell else we have in there. Um, crap, I don't JT, know. JT, probably. JT, um, I think that's all of them, to it's be honest with you. I mean, and then the captain's picks come out tomorrow. Uh, Stricker's announcing them tomorrow morning, live on Golf Channel, I believe. Um, and these are guys I think are going to get it. Tony Finau, uh, Xander Schauffele, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Reed, Captain America, Harris English, and then my surprise pick, Kevin Na. I think they should give it to him. He's, he could be a good player. And if Brooks can't go, I think that the Tony will slide into Brooks' spot for the automatic picks, and then I think Scotty Scheffler will get that last spot. Yeah. So uh, to make a formidable squad, I think, uh, against the Euros, who are riding hot right now in the Ryder Cup. But Wilson Trace has been for a long time. Yeah. And then going, I mean, Michigan State's not a conference schedule. I mean, any anyone, anytime, anywhere. Um, Kansas, uh, Louisville, playing Oakland at the – I was going to say the Palace, but Little Caesars, High Point, who's not a bad, Tubby's Boys. Loyola. I mean, Loyola, yeah. At Butler, Loyola first game, could play Baylor. You could play, I I mean, there's a lot of really good teams in that battle for Atlantis, which I think is going to be, that's going to be fun. I mean, that's far away, but I mean, with college football heating up, NFL, Ryder Cup, all this stuff, and then that. Looking forward to in a couple months. I mean, ooh, we're in a good spot. Yeah, right let's now. just hope the Ryder Cup goes better than the Solheim did for the U.S. I don't know anybody who probably two people watch the women's golf. Although I will say that there's some, you know, like watching Nellie Corda. She's pretty damn good at 22 years old. And Europe came in and pretty much, you know, dominated early and then held on and won that. Um, and it's still fun to watch good golf. And let's face it, all of us amateurs, our games are a heck of a lot closer to the um, skills of the and actually, this is, that's a knock on the women, and it shouldn't be because they're way more skilled than we are. But, you know, we should pattern our games more after them, which is more pinpoint and strategic than bomb and gouge. Because I can tell you, from my own perspective, bomb and gouge doesn't work. Yeah. All right. As we always do, let's end with a sprint. A couple of fun ones here this week. Ryan, number one, first line, given what... Kenneth Walker the third did the other night. What's the best first game debut you've ever seen? Yeah, I mean that's probably up there. I mean, this one was hard for me. Um, I'll go with basketball. I think Miles Bridges. I think his first game was against Arizona. He had like twenty some twenty five points or something. That's probably like my favorite and most notable um, in my life. All right, number two, line number two, half court. Does your seven and five prediction for Minnesota still stand with Ibrahim out? Yeah, I think I think that they had the goods to be seven and five. I'm I'm leaning more towards six and six, five and seven right now. Though I think that 
he gets them over the hump in a couple games. He probably pushes the needle after watching him and then obviously got hurt. But before his injury, I'd say the more 8-4 and four action. But I, I, just without him, I mean, that's a 2,000-yard back right there, a guy that's getting 30-plus touches a game. That's a lot of offense to replace. Mm-hmm. Who will be the breakout stats sheet stuffer for the Spartans this week? I think Peyton Thorne's going to have a 300-yard-plus, three-touchdown game on Saturday. Um, yeah, he's the man. And best high school football movie. Uh, remember the Titan for sure, but Varsity Blues is pretty good too. Okay. All right, given what Walker did the other night, uh, best first game debut I've seen. Man, I've seen some great players from Michigan State football and their openers. You know, from the T.J. Ducats to the Charles Rogers. You know, the world class recruits that Michigan State's been sprinkled with. I, I, I can't. I mean, two hundred sixty four yards, four touchdowns, two hundred seven yards after contact. Did it with shiftiness, did it with speed, did it with power. I haven't seen one better, to be completely honest. Um, And welcome to the transfer portal, man. Russell Wilson kind of started the craze, and it's even crazier now. And, hey, we'll take it. Um, Seven and five. You know, I'm going to stick with it for now with Minnesota. I think with the way the Big Ten West looked minus Iowa, I mean, I think Wisconsin looks a lot more beatable than I thought, although I think they play uh, play quite a bit late last game of the year. You know, I, you know, Indiana was another team on Minnesota's. That may be a toss-up by that time of the year if Pennix is even still a go. You know, they don't really – Minnesota doesn't – minus Ohio State doesn't play anybody in particularly great now out of the East. So I'm going to stick with 7-5. and five. I do think it's going to take them a couple weeks to limp through. they got Miami, then they've got Colorado, then they got Bowling Green. You know, if they can get through there and kind of figure it out, I think they'll be in good shape. Um Breakout stats sheet stuffer for the Spartans this week. Not so much breakout in the fact that he's never done it, but I'm going to go with Jalen Naylor, which pairs up well with Ryan's pick of Peyton Thorn. I think he's going to see him. I think he's going to shred that uh, Youngstown defensive backfield, um, and he may push you know something like 150, 200 yards receiving, burning them with speed. Best high school football movie. I mean, four come to mind. You got remember the Titans. You got Varsity Blues. Yeah, Friday Night Lights, which is actually underrated good, and I need to watch it again because it's been a long time since I've watched it. And then you got another good one, and that is uh, Blindside, which I think is really good. You know, maybe a little bit less on the football, more of the story. But just because, I mean, Remember the Titans is just a classic. It's one of the best movies, period, ever. But i got to go with Varsity Blues. Like, if I'm going to sit down and just watch a football movie that's on part of the way through, it's football, but it's, you know, somewhat compelling with the story. It's funny. Yeah, I got I to gotta go Varsity Blues there. So, All right, Ryan, hit us up with some final social media reminders. Yep, uh, follow us on Twitter at the Final Score 35. Send us your picks for this week. Uh, text them, DM us, uh, send us a message in a bottle. I don't care. Uh, just give them to us. We wanted to get you guys involved, get that prize. We don't know what's going to be yet. Maybe some sort of gift certificate. Uh, so, yeah, just keep uh, giving us what you want to hear. Um, We'd be happy to do it and go Lions this week, go Spartans. Um, happy the NFL's back. Yeah, a lot of football coming up over the next several weeks, but we'll try to sprinkle in some other things like we did this week as well. That's it for this week. Like Ryan said, get on Twitter. I'm more or less off of social media now, weaning myself off my very last piece of social media and Instagram, just trying to kind of, like I said last week, get my nose out of the phone a little bit more. Uh, get your picks and play. Holler at us with topic ideas. We know you're out there, so engage with us. You know, we got plenty of downloads. We got plenty of listens beyond the downloads. Um, 
if anyone's interested in joining the sponsor roster or you got a gig for Ryan, he's still looking for a job. So hit him up, let him know, hook him up, whatever it takes. Thank you again to Team Anders Realtors, our presenting sponsor. Learn more about how Team Anders can help you with your realty needs at teamanders.com. Meantime, as Mox once said, we can't be afraid to lose. There's no room for fear in this game.